and you're alive on Dead Radio. Well, to everyone that's not listening, welcome to Dead Radio. Actually, just went yeah. right straight into it. But uh, welcome <laughs> to Dead Radio um, with your host, The Banging is Dead. And today I've got a guest, um, someone that's quite... Uh, I don't like to say low-key influential, but someone that's extremely stylish and is known, but who needs to know about that? Um, and well, like is that. very deep into um, fashion. Not necessarily deep, but you know what I mean. Um, introduce yourself. Like, who are you? Like, what's your name? Okay. Um, around. I mean. I just did my master's in um, fashion marketing and visual communication. And that's right. just my realm. Everything to do with just like the industry, visual communication. Sometimes that means producing it. Sometimes that means strategizing it. That's just the space that I operate in. So styling, shooting, geography, whatever, whatever the situation or the project needs is kind of like where I extend my talents. So you're, you're, you're just mainly based on like maybe like the visual aspect though? So it's not like a product-based type thing? No. Um, I love the product. I'm, I'm obsessed and fascinated with the product, but I have nothing to do with the product. Mm-hmm. For me, what's more fascinating is like figuring out how to sell the product, how to communicate this idea, this thing to the rest of the public, mm-hmm. how to get other people as invested in what I'm doing, in the product as like I am. So that's why I really kind of fell in love with marketing and and visual communication and i think the two things go hand in hand like i think you have to understand both sides to do either one well mm, i see uh, like that's like extremely like uh, interesting actually because like you don't find a lot of people that um go into that direction especially today like in this in our generation like a lot of people really just go straight to product and go straight to directing yeah. go straight to um sketching and go straight to everything else that everyone else is doing so why did you specifically like go towards how to make a specific product to package a product in such a way that the consumer understands the most basic concept but it's still a high level um Um, product you know what i mean okay um i think for me is that like growing up i've always just been in love with fashion design i grew up with my father who's couture designer and Um, As much as I loved fashion and I used to, you know, I I knew how to use a sewing machine and, you know, do patterns and create my own stuff. I I think it's through education that you realize that there's so many other roles to play in fashion. Like just because you love fashion doesn't mean you have to be a designer. You know, you don't have to be there cutting and sewing. I think we have so many designers. We have so many people creating beautiful products and beautiful collection. I just feel like if you have nothing better to contribute to that space, if you feel like you can't be a better designer than anyone else that's out there, then don't focus on design. There's so many other roles that you can play within the supply chain, within the um, creation and production of like a fashion garment and like, you know, um, that like, I think it's, I think, I think it's an education thing where people or exposure thing where people feel like, oh, I like fashion. So I have to be a designer. Um, right. The more I kind of got exposed, the more I experienced, the more I realized, like, shit, I have all the respect for designers, but I'm not ready to slave over a sewing <laughs> machine. I don't want to. I have to yeah. Oh, shit's hard. It's, it's a lot of work. And it's, it's a lot of work that I don't want to do. So you bring me the finished product, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you how we can move from here. I'll tell you how to mm. how to make this shit look cooler. You know what I mean? But I I didn't. Yeah, I just realized where my interests fall and it didn't fall with um, designing. So after I figured that, out I that, lie. it's pretty easy. I <laughs> lie. That's extremely, extremely interesting. Like, obviously, I knew a couple of things about you, but I didn't under- I didn't know that um, that's actually why you decided to go into that direction. I always thought uh, a lot of these things were just um, what you thought or what you what on the market and not specifically what you're currently doing with your life because i thought like you're really like product based you know what i mean um but it's a really way different con- um concept if you know what i mean it's completely different but at the same time it's what what 
show you that that's an avenue that mainly because of your your father um he kind of shows you that okay you can do this and you can do that you can do this and you can do that and you kind of were exposed to all these different channels that still have to do with the fashion industry you know what i mean um yeah so how did that really go about did you in any time think you were going to make product though um yeah you know what there was a brief moment you know when you're when you're young and you're always when you're young you're, you're all children are pretty creative so i used to play right. with fabrics and stuff a lot but as i got older i just i i realized i enjoyed you know the images in the magazines more so and i was more fascinated by that world and fascinated by the kind of um the the desires and like the the worlds that you know marketing and and, and creative directors could create you know through right. tutorials and stuff and i found that thing way more exciting than i did um necessarily like sitting down and creating a product and i i, I was more inspired by the idea of like finding interesting ways to communicate something as opposed to actually physically mm-hmm. sewing that thing so i think but i think in order to market anything you have to understand it you know if you don't right. understand the process right. behind fashion design if you don't understand the process behind making a certain product you won't understand how to communicate it or you'll you'll fall short so i i am right. glad that i got that education that foundation in like understanding fashion design because it allows me to i think appreciate the kind of communication part of it a bit more okay so like where did you study like where did you study and what so, what exactly did you study um at first i did my undergrad at uct and right. i really wanted to just i mean again as i said you know growing up with an atelier in the house i mean all the kind of tactile stuff i kind of really had experienced uh-huh, so uh-huh, the one thing uh-huh. i hadn't experienced was like understanding business so uh-huh. i did a business undergrad at uct and then after that so, i spent a year just doing like short like traveling a lot and doing short courses in different institutions so i did business of fashion at HEC Paris which is um 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 Paris's number one business school and then i did a, a course in styling at Condé Nast College in London and then right. i did um oh and then um oh and then i then i came back to south africa i went to vega i did a course in like graphic design and um then i finally did my masters which was at Polymoda in Italy and that was in fashion marketing and visual communication right yeah. that was extremely I think like, recent right like... <laughs> <laughs> no that like, literally i i had to finish off my like masters final like during this lockdown so it was wow. like really crazy yeah wow. and like, in between before that, i even I get into that internships and shit yeah but before i even get into all of that i'm i'm really interested in like um um the angle that you decided to take and especially because of your father um a lot of people don't actually know um about your father and what he's actually done in time in terms of the like the fashion industry in south africa and um for me to like actually get into it and i see it and i read it and i'm reading the stuff and i'm actually quite intrigued and i'm i'm actually quite shocked as to how we don't know this information like we we only know about um one or two or three couture designers in south africa you know what i mean and here's um someone who's worked with really uh, quite a number of influential people um in south africa mainly south african politics so your yeah. father um, <laughs> his company <laughs> yeah his brand house how how has your dad being the founder of this um or, or, or what would you call it actually before i even get into the question what would you call house of your boy am i saying correctly yeah yeah i'd, I'd say i'd say i'd say it's it's a, it's a couture atelier it's always okay. mainly couture yeah okay yeah. Has. Oh, so what, what? What do you want to know? <laughs> I don't even know. It's weird. It's so interesting. Like mind boggling. How? How? Why? I've always tried to like avoid going too too much into that because, you know, what happens is that as soon as people hear that, instead of saying like, 
oh, like that's a really cool experience that you got. People are like, oh, that's why. And then anything you do after that, turns uh, into it, oh, that's why. That's why. That's why. So that's why. That's why I avoid. Interesting. Like, that's why I kind of avoided talking about it because it's just like Good. I don't want that to like. Yes, it was. I think it did give me an advantage because I mean a lot of people when they talk about discovering fashion, they discovered it like in high school or in varsity, and it was like mm-hmm, the thing that they mm-hmm. discover much later on in life. Whereas for me, as like I never had to discover it. It was just something that I was, um, you know, just involved in and was a part of. So it, it, it's really always been kind of just a part of my life in a way. Right. So, um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, as soon as, as soon as people realize that, oh, you have a background in something, it's like, it, it just, it derails anything else you can do or say for yourself. Because as soon as someone yeah. wants to like, it's like, oh yeah, well, it's only because... And it, honestly, it, it yeah. hasn't, in terms of like the, the, the position I'm in right now, it hasn't helped that much. It's given me an incredible education and experience in fashion. But mm-hmm. in terms of like how I guess do work now, it doesn't really help because also the generation and market that he is involved in, that he is successful yes, amongst, definitely is very different. Yeah. Completely. what i'm doing and you know mm-hmm. i'm like way more mm-hmm. like streetwear and contemporary so it it it's such a different world but you know people you know people you know people. <laughs> <laughs> i know people i definitely you know, know people, people. And, I, and that's literally why a lot of people ask me why i like i hide my face and it's because look i have this brand that that I'm, i work on but I necessarily want it to be a direct reflection of myself. You know what I mean? And I don't want yeah. anyone to ever feel the need to wear the brand because they know me or because I look a specific way. I want you to appreciate it with really a um, state of mind type thing. So it's like that. Yeah. I, I totally no, get where I you're coming that. from, and and it makes a, a yeah. lot a lot of sense. Um, but is there ever a point where you like? Uh, like <laughs> to say something or it just doesn't it's not like that <laughs> is there a point where what to say it again like do you ever like ever name drop your dad's name like like yo i'm a b c no. d e f g <laughs> no because again like it's, it's like when i'm when i'm talking to i mean where am i gonna name drop it it's like oh yeah my dad like if i'm talking to a bunch of like streetwear guys it, it doesn't really relate, we don't know you know yeah, we don't so know. I get you 100 percent actually, <laughs> and that's like where you at. Yeah, whereas like maybe totally if, I'm get you. To, if I'm speaking to someone that's like older and you know like um, maybe I think when I was doing lots of work with AFI, I think then when I'd speak about certain things, they the, the people in the room would have a, a, a bit more of a respect for my knowledge base because they're thinking, mm-hmm. okay, well this person like. Well, she's been going to fashion weeks in SA since she was like three years old. So she really understands like, when I, when I, when I talk about like fashion in SA, I'm not just talking about, oh, since I was like a teenager. It's like, no, 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 I've been experiencing this thing. I've seen the evolution, the growth from like a really young age. And I've seen it from like a front seat um, perception. So like maybe right. in a conversation like that, then I'll have to explain to people why like, okay, I need you to take my opinion seriously because I come with this kind of a background and this kind of right. context. So and what I'm saying isn't just like chicken. Yeah, it's not just stuff <laughs> that I just thought of today. It's like, no, 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 I really like grew up in this and I really have seen the development. I've seen the changes. I've seen the evolution and what like the, the audiences look like. You know, I know what the, I remember the, the kind of people that used to sit front row back in the you know back in the 90s early 2000s versus like what it looks like now and like the shows and the feeling and the ambience and how that's changed and evolved for better and for worse in certain case in certain you know instances okay so so in a a, a conversation like that then i might have to name drop and say listen this is what's up (laughs) (laughs) so wait wait i need to ask you something so since you've been attending fashion uh, fashion weeks ever since those early days, right, until today, yeah, what would you say is different today? Because I've got a bunch of things that are different, but that's only based on what I see abroad and what I see happening. So when you, a good so comparison. You mean, 
Okay, so you want me to compare internationally or just locally, like the change? In nah, place? locally, like for the change from the like way back then until today. I mean, it's about ten years. If you look at like ten yeah. to ten, it really, yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I nah, would say twenty years. Further. Do you remember anything a bit further? Because twenty, I mean, twenty ten um, is like around the corner. I feel, uh, dude, when I was younger and I would go to like you know, fashion week and essay, like, I don't think people understand. People make it seem like, you know, like this kind of glamour and internationalism that's in fashion is something that's recent to essay fashion right. where you have like, but I mean, like, this is like back in the 90s, especially just after 94, when there was like all this excitement and vibrance and like people really excited about the new democracy. Um, like the shows were like really glamorous and you had, a, you like they were like lots of like society people you know what i mean right. like you'd have like you know especially the one in cape town because they had a lot of like the wealthy um the wealthy women from all these like wealthy families and they would really show up and like be front row and it was a very much like like very society kind of you know where and and very but at the same time that was also very elitist because it wasn't right. like no one could just get into a show, you know. Whereas like now right. shows are much more democratic, you know. Everyone, if you want to attend fashion, you can go. Whereas like back then, it's like you couldn't just pull up to you know pull fashion up. when you when you think of <laughs> yeah. it. Like, this is like way back when like you know when Jenny Button was still owned by Jenny Button. When you have Earl Aaron's, when you have you know my dad, when you have um, a lot of these like older generation of like couture designers that have a really deep right. history that you know. Back then, when they were all presenting, it really was like a society event that was, um, it was a lot more exclusive, a lot more elitist, mm -hmm. a lot more luxurious, but at the same time, it was elitist. So in, right. in the process, so I think that's kind of changed where it has become more democratized, but that's always the weird thing about fashion is that people want fashion to be accessible, but then as soon as it becomes but too accessible, people complain and say, problem. no, 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 it's like, yeah, it's a it's problem. Too many now. people Anyone have it now. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a, a craziest it's a thing. Really, it's a really weird kind of like, it's it's a weird dichotomy that no one's comfortable with talking about because I mean, even if you just look at just the history of fashion and like, wait, like from an like an anthropology sense, like fashion is like fundamentally elitist and classist. You know, that's right. that's the origin right. of fashion 100%. comes from that space. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's it's kind of hard to. It's almost you know, like almost every that. art at some point. Like every art uh, at one point was always made for the wealthy and uh, the royal yeah. and, and whatnot, which is extreme, which is the weirdest thing because all the artists were mainly all these people that weren't on that class level, which is like extremely yeah. weird. But that was, that's, that's what was so kind of intoxicating about it and so, I guess, attractive about it because everybody wants to be a part of that world and be a part of the elite and stuff. I think what's mm -hmm, interesting mm -hmm. with streetwear is that streetwear, streetwear is still exclusive, but it's not exclusive necessarily based on money anymore, but more it's like based on like clout because like clout is yeah. capital. So it's right. more about like What did you say, quantity capital. as well? Sorry. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, that's, yeah. But I mean, that quantity kind of, like, helps create that exclusivity. Like, and, like, yeah. who gets it is, like, based on clout. You know what I mean? It's, like, yeah. think about how many, like, streetwear releases where only, like, you know, Lucas Sabat and them will get it. And you're like, oh, have I it. wish I had it. You know what I mean? And you don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Because they have it and they have a lot of clout. So, it's... Yeah, it is extremely interesting and it's because it's all because a lot of these things weren't even that um what's the word a lot of these things weren't around back then and i think it's mainly because of like social media back then people used like television but i don't think they use mm. television as such a great um fashion um influence if you know what i mean it, in comparison to the internet currently because a lot of people on the internet right oh, now yeah. really dress um, based to a group of people you know what i mean which is the most yeah. weirdest thing because um tv has the most the, like the biggest blueprint you know what i mean like it has the most yeah. people watching it and here we have the small thing but it has the most influence and i but don't know it's, it's really weird because 
I mean, locally it makes sense because internet is so expensive, yeah. You know, yeah. I think that's like a right. it's like a really, really major issue in this like country. It's just like how expensive the internet is, so that it's really hard for like young people to connect connect and engage as they can in like other countries because they just like mm. they can't afford to like, be on Instagram. Then the data's expensive, you know, it's a really big problem for communication. So yeah, and, and that's what I was literally t- talking to a bunch of my friends about, like earlier on, that um, with 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 this whole um, I mean, COVID nineteen crisis going on currently, it's just like I I know, but I think it's like the start of how humans are gonna consume things going yeah. forward, like going into a new. Um, time going literally into a new generation where everything is mainly going to be online like what's the point where now more apps will be used um more apps will come alive that will bring people closer just based off the net but not necessarily personally and yeah it's really scary isn't it scary like like because we see it like right now because more people Instagram live and more people are downloading TikTok like if we can compare TikTok um a year ago or not even a year ago like a month ago COVID-19 really blew up um there wasn't a lot of people really on 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 yeah. on, 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 on TikTok you know um so Ooh, with everything okay. moving they were they were just I think I think it was like like dude Generation Z fucking love TikTok but they in like comparison to now, like it, we're all jumping on like TikTok. Well, not yeah, all, but like now, yeah, now majority. Like it's ma- it's becoming like mainstream. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Um, so now, how do you think this this is gonna change anything for, for for fashion? Because like now it means that fashion is also gonna be consumed completely differently. Like not a lot of people are gonna really use um stores as like the first reference you know what i mean yeah how would that change the consumerism it's so scary what what do you you think the other side this i don't know because you know someone recently asked me to like when they wanted to quote me for an article and i was like they were asking like oh what do you think fashion look like after you know lockdown but i'm like i think even though lockdown will end and we might somewhat go back to socializing it's never going to be the same like yeah. you know never. and in terms of fashion and consumption it's like what's the i recently i bought something off essence the other um not the other day a while ago but i sent <laughs> it to my brother i sent it to my brother's apartment and he only bought it um like when he came home to lockdown and suddenly i had this like really sick you know drip but you know I'm under lockdown, so suddenly, yeah. and it, it was like it was the most humbling thing because it's like what is the purpose of you know conspicuous consumption when you can't show it off conspicuously you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. what is the function like do we do people do we still like binge on like designer and trip and shit when you actually can't wear it and showcase it like I think it's it's really really going to put fashion and more, more specifically luxury into a tailspin 100 percent like, but now that because whether you like it or not like deep deep deep, deep down inside there's always a level of like exhibitionism that no comes one can with, like, see buying expensive 100%. stuff you want people to yeah, see it. yeah, yeah. you want yeah. people to see what you're wearing and now that no That's one can so see it it's like what happens now like but don't you, you know, don't you think talking. brands like fear of god are gonna boom because, I mean, fear of God is in, like, high-end essentials. So, you know what I mean? Like, your your yeah. your sweatpants and your hoodie that costs, like, 14K. But it's still, like, really, 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 really good quality. Like, extremely well so good quality. Maybe, maybe like, Jerry yeah. Lorenzo was just maybe ahead of his time. <laughs> Perhaps. I mean, we never know. Happens. Sometimes, you know, opportunity has to meet preparation, you know, like. hundred percent. He was in the right. He's doing the right thing for the right time. But um, I think we are going to get a lot more utilitarian for it because mm-hmm. what's the point mm-hmm. of having some beautiful designer thing that's uncomfortable when you're sitting at home all day? So I think there's going to people are going to like like fashion has already gotten really casual. But I think now mm-hmm. like it's about to get like, worse. I think it's going to get worse. I think if brands like Yeezy could really make a really good like hundred percent. Where it's yeah. just like perfect utilitarian comfort dressing. Like you want to look cool, but you want to be comfortable because you're at home all day. 
I definitely do feel like we needed it though, because I mean, for me personally, um, I think fashion was really rapidly um, declining its sense of, um, I don't, I don't know if I can say wealth. Or, um, like I just saw that there's just a bunch of everything going on. You know what I mean? Like there's just a bunch of everything. Was Virgil opening the streetwear doors or the gates? Um, the, yeah, we're I just getting they, really I, I like a bunch they, of designs. Fashion was getting chaotic, definitely. Yeah. The fashion calendar yeah. was getting chaotic. Everyone, I think it's it's really a blessing that just from the designers and the the, the factory workers, like they just get a, a season, a moment to just rest and consolidate <laughs> their ideas, consolidate yeah. their thoughts. <laughs> this thing I'm having like six, six. I mean, um, I think it was it was um, Kirby Kirby Raymond of PMS where he was saying like like dropping a collection is like making an album you know like it has uh-huh. to like you, you really have to have like your inspiration and then you know you prototype it and then you rework like it, it's a really involved thing to do and to expect a designer to drop like six collections in a year that's like asking you that's know maybe yeah maybe a guy yeah it's not sustainable maybe asking someone to drop six albums a year it's, it's really yeah. difficult and it's difficult to do that well so I think that the designers need a time to sit back and relax and just gather their thoughts and, and find new inspiration. I think the consumers also needed a break from all the yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. we needed a break. <laughs> yeah, that's straight. Because so, you don't even have time to think if you like anything truly because you're just getting something new all the time and you're being told this is the thing you have to have. So we all just yeah. need to sit back and just... Do you really need it? it? Yeah, do you really need yeah. it? <laughs> like, so now, do you need what? this tiny micro bag? I don't know. You can't put no, anything in it. Now you're sitting so. at home, yeah. so. <laughs> I can only just put a lipstick or what? I actually don't Honestly, get those and bags. You're sitting at home but... now, so, <laughs> so now I need to ask you um, so it, going from international to like local fashion. Um, what would yeah. you say is, is, is bad or with, 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 oh, good? Um, what's what's happening back at home or like at home right now you know what i mean and um looking not even um thinking about covid19 happening right now but like as a whole like what's what's what's... i see in fashion i see a lot of creativity but i see a, a very little support and very little structure you know um i think like just knowing you know young create like beyond just fashion designers i even think of you know photographers stylists and stuff all the other parts of the fashion chain i think there's so much genuine like innovative thoughts and design and ideas that are um in africa and in south africa but i feel like unfortunately you don't get the same opportunities and flat platforms to Uh you know exhibit those talents and stuff and i think that's really a shame because you know i i get really sad when you see like young creatives that are like standing these like international kids because these international kids like they're not doing anything half of them aren't doing anything that important or that special it's just they get the system that they're in it gives them so much support for them to you know yeah and they can really whatever as a young designer you can have a crazy idea and you can you can present it in like the most theatrical way like you really are given that room and space and that platform to showcase your creativity and i don't think you get that you don't get that 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 assist that financial assistance in um in, in south africa so i think that's really sad that you have all this creativity but people don't get a chance to really do much with it you know all right all right so i think for me i think that's the 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 worst part about and i think that's something where like the fashion community also has to truly like work with governments and talk about like how can Mm. we grow production how can we grow like so many designers struggle with sourcing textile in the country you know so many designers struggle with you know reliable production you know and and, Mm -hmm. and things like that and i think those are actually like like policy issues that we actually have to talk about and have like like things don't just happen by accident yeah you can have like one or two people that boom that can do it yeah it's amazing but i mean if you want to uplift a whole like sector 
like if you want to say okay guys our focus is going to be like south african fashion and we want all these young designers and creatives to boom because also as a young creative you can only boom if you're like a stylist or a photographer you can only boom if the designers are doing well because right. you need something to shoot you know right so if the designer can't afford to to put out you know new collections and stuff what are you going to shoot because mm-hmm. it's very unlikely that Prada and, and, and Gucci are going to let you source from them, you know, unless you're, <laughs> you know, it's very unlikely, unless you're working on an international editorial, it's very unlikely. So you, like, if I look at how the fashion system works kind of like in like a space like, like London or whatever, or even when I was back in um, Italy, it's like, right. okay, so like I did it, I wanted to do a shoot. So I call up my designer friends and then... I went to, the, I looked, I went to their studios, looked at their archives, pulled a bunch of stuff. Then I'd speak to like my model friends and then get them to, you know, it's like really collaborative mm-hmm. young people all working together. Doing but if thing, my designer yeah. friends don't have, you know, money and resource to make their collections, what am I going to shoot? Right. As a young, what are you going to um, source? Creative, Nothing. like what can I source? Right. Nothing. So it all works together. And I think essentially it all starts with kind of, you know, policy and giving people the room and structure and financial capital to, to build something and do something with it. And then everyone else can grow on top of that. But I think the designers right. are really the heart of it, you know, and they need as much support as possible. I totally get that. Hmm. Hmm. Give me a different perspective, yeah, but I totally get it. I, I, I really see where it comes from, but um, I just think the cycle is just not moving, you know what I mean? Um, um, I, I really say this all the time, but there's just, just a, a missing piece in the cycle. Um, and the missing piece just needs support. So you're actually very, very, very right. And until we can be more patriotic and really just like um, stand behind um, South African products and South African um, 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 anything and everything, you know what I mean? That's yeah. when things are really going to start happening. That's when we're going to see a change in 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 entertainment infrastructure that's just there's going to be growth because now we can do things and that's just mainly all based on us like like, like the people that are consuming this this, this, this detainment so yeah, yeah you're definitely right you know um and, I just and think, it's just yeah, yeah these, it's, it's crazy these things, like i think sometimes what makes me upset is when you know people want to compare like south africa and like oh, but like in Paris, this is happening. In Milan, this is happening. I'm like, do you understand how old these industries are? That, those like, infrastructures are, are, yeah, yeah, yeah. The infrastructures yeah. that are put in place, like also because the fashion industry is like one of the, like the luxury industry is one of the biggest sectors in Europe. Everything <laughs> they can to protect yeah. it and fuel it and make sure the whole world is buying from it. And the whole world sees like sees Europe as like the capital of luxury and fashion because they make so much money off of it. They make so much money off the tourism. They make so much money off the production. They make so much money. Like it, it is such mm. a big part of their economy that the government has no choice but to support and do everything they can to right. protect their creatives and protect the industry. Whereas in South Africa, because our industry is like quite young, and I think our government they they just haven't seen the 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 point in you know wanting to protect the the, the fashion industry yeah because they're gonna be losing money regardless <laughs> yeah any yeah they don't, put, they don't put money into protecting any any form any art form in Africa and it's yeah. sad so it's really every young creative whether you're a musician a rapper a DJ a designer you kind of just left bias to figure it out by yourself you know yeah a hundred percent. Hundred percent. So, Difficult. in terms of um, so, so the transition, right, from you leaving South Africa, and we all know how South Africa is. It's, it's a wonderful yeah. country, and but from you going from South Africa to Italy and to stay there and to study there, um, the transition. Um, how did you? How did you really transition into the space there? Like, how did you get into it, and how did you carry on? being and doing what you do um well you know what I'd, I'd been fortunate enough to do a lot of traveling before that so right. it wasn't that daunting for me i mean it was i think the scariest part was just like being away from like my friends and my social life because 
for me like that's a really big part of like my happiness and overall like mental health like i love being around my friends i love hanging out and right. doing all that stuff so that that was like the scariest part but in the thought of living you know in a different country was just more exciting for me and yeah. because i was going to um you know like one of the best fashion schools um i was immediately put into an environment with a lot of creative people and uh, so everyone that i met as soon as like first day of school everyone that you meet everyone that's on campus everyone that you bump into is involved in fashion in somehow whether they're a designer whether they're an art director um creative director um, you know journalist like they're doing something involved in fashion so once you're in once you're in the source like you know everything you touch is just <laughs> right you know, oh, like and you and as soon as you have an idea like oh i want to shoot this they'd be like okay you should like work with that photographer yeah yeah he's uh, also working on a project like this oh yeah so and so just did a collection like that so you should source from them so it became really i think that's one of the coolest things about fashion school is just the connections you can make and the people that you're exposed to like it's just it's so inspiring all the time cuz everyone is so creative and and interested and and curious so it's really mm. incredible Wow, I can only imagine. So, with with yeah. the coronavirus or the COVID nineteen virus, uh, like broke out, you were still actually like in in, in Italy, right? Um, and I really yeah. wanna, I'm really curious how how did like how did things really unfold? Because obviously you there and you hear there's one COVID nineteen case, and then you hear there's an increase and there's an increase, and then there's actual lockdown, and now people are dying. Yeah, um, t- like I'm, really no. So like, take me through all of that. It was hilarious because it wasn't hilarious at all. But at at the time, at the time, it was, you know, and it just shows about it shows how you know the the tunnel vision, how closed off we can be. Because obviously, you heard that like Corona obviously first started off in China, and you heard like shit was going down there. But everyone's kind of like, right. oh, that's hectic, you know. It's going to happen to me. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that is. That's also something I think we're gonna like grow from, where like your neighbor's problem is your problem. <laughs> you yeah, know, something's happening across you the might street. Not know it, it might just affect you. Yeah, so you, you, you really have to know care it, about but everything. It might just nip you in the yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So when we first when we first heard it, it was just like oh hectic, like whatever. And then we heard that it was in Italy, and then um, it was funny because I remember it was like me and my one friend Faye and. We were like two other Americans, and Americans tend to be a, like a bit more like hypochondriac and like way more like nervous about medical stuff. I don't know why, but that's one thing I've noticed on my American friends. Like they just freak out when it comes to anything to do with healthcare or medicine. They just freak out. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. I was I was with my I was with my American friends, and they were like freaking out, like oh my god, like this is gonna be so hectic, like and they were gonna have to leave. And I just remember like. Me and my friend Faye, we were just laughing our asses off. We were like, "What? Like, it's gonna Get go over. Be fine." And then, um, so we were we were still going out. We were still chilling. We were still just living life as normal. Even when I'd gone to Milan Fashion Week, and then it it I, came, I went to Milan Fashion Week, and then I left the day early, which was actually for the best because. A day afterwards, they closed Milan Fashion Week because they were like, "Oh, well, there's been a Corona outbreak." But then I was kind of, even then, even then, I was still like, "Ugh, like that's such, such an overreaction, <laughs> whatever." Corona. I, I did not care. I did not care. But then next thing you know, school was cancelled, so we were all like, "Okay, overreaction. Why is that's school canceled?" So it, oh, it was really? like when I think about it now, it was like pure denial. Like, we just did not want to accept wow. that something bad was happening. So we would go out for lunch. Then they cut. Then they closed all the restaurants. We just go to each other's houses. And then finally, it was like, it really, it only hit me like the severity of the situation. It only truly hit me when one night at like 10 p.m. the Italian Parliament opened up. And the prime minister announced that um, the whole country was coming to a lockdown, and like no flights, no anything, for like the next month. And then I was like, okay, shit, like I'm stuck in Italy. <laughs> I I I don't know what to do. Summer. Peace is finishing. Like, 
this is like that's when that's that's when when the, when then and also because they announced it like in the middle of the night it just felt like really scary yeah and, that's like, real very, these niggas woke us up very yeah. surreal <laughs> so then i was like shit and um and also because i was living alone in in italy so i was like shit if i get sick i'm gonna be by myself where all my friends had roommates so it's like at least if right. they got sick there'd be someone else to take care of them or they had like family members in 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 Italy so I was like shit if it goes down for me like I'm by myself I'm stranded it's a wrap. so um yeah so then initially I just got on the got on the laptop and I was looking for flights most of the flights were cancelled most countries weren't letting anyone from Italy come in at this stage I don't even know what's going on with South Africa so I was just like I I just I was yeah it was I didn't crazy. leave Italy but yeah you like, I didn't leave Italy, Italy so I I I flew to Abu Dhabi and then <laughs> and then into South Africa and then yeah and then, then I was under quarantine for like two weeks because yeah I didn't know if I was sick or not but luckily I wasn't and I was I was negative everything was fine and um, yeah I've just been and then as soon as I finished my quarantine like my self quarantine the president announced the lockdown lockdown so I had like yeah. one day of freedom which I spent like doing braids. And then, wow. and then, yeah, I've just been under lockdown. Wow. So it was a lot of you denial. It was a lot of denial. Yeah. Damn. So was, everyone was really just in denial. So no one really, like, so done for, like, how we sing it unfold here. Because, yeah, you know, when you're... Was just... Yeah, when you're in Italy, it's not like you're not at the hospital. So you're not seeing sick people. Everyone you see looks healthy. Like, everything felt normal even when they closed down like the restaurants and the museums it's like okay it's quiet now but people were still walking their dogs out. people were still hanging <laughs> wow. out taking all so you know it, it's still i mean people were, i mean two days before i left there was like a giant house party at someone's apartment what? but i didn't go because i was like you guys are playing now you're playing so, with your life um, so i didn't go to the house party but like people did not care they just did not that's crazy damn. they were like this is fine. Everything is fine. This is like just as the lockdown had been announced in Italy, people were still throwing house parties, wanting to hang out. So, wow. um, yeah, I think it was just a lot of denialism. Like, because we've never seen this in our lives before, we just didn't understand how major this event was and how, like, it major it was going to become. So, yeah, that's so crazy. Wow. Okay. I mean, I have friends, um, that, I have friends that didn't leave. Like, because when I said, hey, hey guys, I'm going home. People like no things, just stay. It's fine. Friends now, some of them are like stuck in Italy. They just couldn't get a flight off. Wow. And shit's yeah. just getting worse. That's it's really, really getting out of hand. Like it's it's getting really, really scary. Like really it's scary. Very, very scary. So it's hot. It's heartbreaking. What yeah. do you think is gonna happen after that? Do you think that, like what? Obviously, we can't see the future, but I like speculating. Like I'm uh, like yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's just interesting. So, what do you think is gonna happen? Are you gonna stay the group Italy? Um, you know, because I know you. So, uh, there's a question I wanna ask you, but I'll get into that after this question. Okay. Um. You know what? What? I don't know. I think the Western countries are gonna be vulnerable for a while. They're gonna be really, mm-hmm. really vulnerable. And I think even once, like the lockdowns are, are like closed and people go back to socializing i think people are just going to be a whole lot more cautious of traveling like even now like i feel like a you know there's going to be that second guess like oh do i actually need to travel there do i need to people are just going to second guess traveling a lot what's the background and, um, yeah true yeah i think there's like the world is not it's going to become more localized than it is you know globalization has been happening for a while and it felt like this open border mm-hmm. thing was amazing everyone just traveling everywhere and you could be in five countries in a week i think that's going to come slow down i think people are going to want to stay at home people are going <laughs> to want to build from their communities which i think is a good thing because that's also good for sustainability it's good for the environment so maybe we do need to travel less and we should just if we can you know we have technology to facilitate um connect global connections so why should i get on a plane and burn all that jet fuel and shit hundred percent so i i i know that you work for like with your dad and i need to know something are you what are you guys like is it a family business is it like um or is it more of like you really just want to do your own thing like you you don't want to 
one be a CEO of like a yeah um house think, a bo- of a broker you know what i mean like where's it going yeah i think i i i do want to just be my own person for a while and i want to be independent for um mm-hmm. for at least at least until i'm like 30 or something because i you know i also don't want to you don't want to live your life with resentment where it's like oh i had all these ideas but i couldn't do them because i was committed to doing this thing so I think, and I think um, he understands that as well, but um, as much as I am very interested and involved in what happens with, you know, his business, I think it's also important for me to be my own person and have my own ideas and explore whatever goals I have that are outside of, you know, what he wants to do and his ideas. Totally. Totally. So that's not part of your plan. <laughs> no, not not in the short term. Not in the short term. Yeah. I think long term. I totally yes. get it. Yeah, I mean like once I totally I, get it. Once I, when it's time to settle down and really sit down and be like a focused grown woman, yeah, I can I'll do it. But like for now I'm still a bit too restless and I uh-huh. you know, I'm still very uh-huh. excited by the streets and like youth culture and stuff and his business is very refined and all his clients are much older and you know they're older with money which is great because it's couture but um it's, it's a different world completely different yeah i tried to get you it's completely yeah. different world so your style you're a stylist obviously most people know that but well, i know that obviously um <laughs> who influences your style like what what makes you dress how you want to dress there's a dope ass t-shirt by the way but yeah Oh, thank you. Thank you. I got it at homecoming. Um, so, who influences my style? Um, to be honest, I, I always say, like, I love watching movies, and I usually get inspired mm-hmm. by, like, movie characters a lot. Same. And then yeah. they'll, like, put me in different, like, moods and attitudes. Um, mm-hmm. There was a time where I would say that I, I, I would get really inspired by the internet, but I think... These days, instead of like looking at my Instagram, I look more at, like archive Instagrams where I like, you know, those those Instagrams are like documenting like 90s fashion, 80s fashion, you know, like that right. type of thing, as opposed to like, you know, like cookie cutter influences, because I just think the world is influencing <laughs> and that is like so contrived to me that it's like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know if you have good style if you have a PR team that's like sending you the latest Margiela collection. I don't know. You know? Mm-hmm. I just... You got a point. Just, you got a point. You got yeah, a point. Yeah, I, I just... It's like, shit, I'd have good style too if I could... Because that's what happens. Like, during during a Paris... I don't think people realize this because people just look at the visuals, but this is one of the tricks of the trade. Like, during a Paris Fashion Week, you'll have a PR... Um, you have a PR person that's or a PR um, company that's, like, working all the for, like... People. <laughs> Yeah, that's working. That's working for like maybe six brands during Paris Fashion yeah. Week. So what they do, they'll like they'll they'll have a showroom, and I actually went into one by accident. I went into the off-white one by accident because I thought it was a store, and they thought I was a buyer. But anyway, it's another story. Um, but they have these really sick <laughs> showrooms that happen like during um, during during Fashion Week, and then if you're like one of the the listed influencers, every you go at the beginning of the week. You see all the design, the designer collections that are going to be showing that week, and they literally mm-hmm. let you choose an outfit for like each. The main so like, show. Okay, you're going to be going to like, all the shows, so you'll you'll like okay, pick three outfits because you're going to three different events, and yeah. they kind of like mix and match it. So you just see these people, and you're like, oh, like how's this person wearing like like the the latest Margiela? Latest shit. You know what I mean? He has but money. Not, no, he doesn't. <laughs> no, they just wear it and they wear, they wear the outfit for the night and they, they whatever for that weekend they have their selected outfits they shoot it they seem all casual like oh like I'm just you know nah all very contrived and then um, at the end of it sometimes they keep it sometimes they don't you know and that's it you know and for me that's very different from like a kid that's actually like going to like thrift stores and like genuinely like right. looking for cool shit and you're on grailed and you want to find a specific thing and you know so for me i tend to even if i do look at influencers or, or, or creative people i yeah i don't like big influencers i only like you know the smaller kids that are just like truly 
have good style and they're looking for stuff and sourcing things themselves. All these, when someone has like over a hundred k, I usually like stop paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious right like, now? Honestly, because it's like, ah, oh, it's smoking mirrors. It's just smoking mirrors to me. <laughs> yeah, it's just numbers. I, I agree. Yeah. I actually make a couple of jokes. It's just like a lot of people that have a lot of numbers just slip. Like, it's just like, I don't know. I think it's just, um, it's just like the normal human being, um, palette you know like that's the palette they have for mm-hmm. for style like that's what looks good to them and it's just like okay like that's cool um that's pretty cool um so you want to say you're an influencer um i don't think so i think there's a difference between i think the, the term influencer is honestly like its own profession right and i have friends that are like influencers and it's a profession and they they wake up and they send proposals and they're constantly invoicing and working with companies and like they're not just like you know sitting Taking back pictures. and letting shit happen like they really are like actively engineering their brands and whatever collaborations and videos and content mm. that they want to do so basically and it's levels there's really levels and I feel like even for me to say, I would never even though someone could say oh I think you're influential I'm like oh that's cool but I do not put in the work as an influencer, you know what I mean? Like, right. I'm not sending brand proposals and stuff. Yeah, every now and then I've had brands, like, send me cool shit. But it's like, I'm, if I like it, I'm going to wear it. But it, that's different from, like, doing an official brand collaboration where you sign a contract and, like, you say, I'm going to post, like, three pictures and two videos and whatever. That's a that's, that's, that's what an influencer does. Now, if you just send me something and I like it, I'm going to wear it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's where we go from there. Maybe. Nah, nah definitely, definitely. Okay. Like, um, see for the part. Do you think two, you're an influencer? Yeah. Would you would you define yourself as an influencer? Yeah. I think I'm far too low key to think I'm far too too low key to be an influencer. Um, no one really knows me. <laughs> you know no, I, mean? I think I think um, I think you're like I think you're deeply influential, but you're not like again, you're not an influencer. Like that's the You know what I mean? Like yeah. I guess I get what you mean. Maybe we could say dead is influential and not not specifically like bangy. Like um I, I, I just don't think so. Could be wrong though, okay. but I just don't think so. I think but I think anyway, it's because I would disagree. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah, dude. Actually, yeah, it's fine. Be humble. Actually, it's good. It's good. No, this is what I'll do. I'll probably like um have like a couple of questionnaires like on Instagram for our next show, and I'll just like ask people what they would want to know. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Which is gonna be our part two. So we're definitely gonna record our part two like after this lockdown. Um, okay, for sure. Thank you so much for your time, um, oh, and your thank data. You, you know fun. what I mean? I always have like conversations with you we've done this before yeah i know i know it's quite interesting what is happening in your brain thank you i like picking up well, I mean, this is like an interview this time but <laughs> it wasn't really like an interview i mean but i get what you mean i get, I get what you mean yeah but yeah I've we'll definitely talk soon yeah i hear you i hear you <laughs> i talk to you soon just uh, stay good yeah. thank you so much for your time Thank you for calling me, dude. Next, have have a good lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Thank you. Okay, cool. Bye. Sure. Bye.